Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, and the man with the couch, Evan, here again to talk oh, about the man with the couch. It's not the man on the couch. It's the man <laughs> with the couch. The man near a couch. <laughs> there is a couch around him. We're both um, in front of seats. True. Uh, look, that was a preseason hockey game. All right. It, the, there were a lot of things that it was, but it was mostly that. Uh, as the Az lose 5-2 to two to the Minnesota Wild. In a game where, if we're being honest, they dominated most of it at 5-on-5 five five outside of like one five-minute stretch in the second period. Um, and then their special teams were but. But. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't know any other way to put it. <laughs> Other than that, uh, they give up three goals on their penalty kill, which was very, very bad. But, and ultimately, no one really cares about the result of this hockey game, right? It's it's preseason. No. <laughs> does not matter in, in that regard at all. What mattered is who played well, who looked good, who looked bad, who's starting to assert themselves in earning roles and things like that with the abs. So I do think that this was a good game for that, uh, that it was a good game for a little bit of separation from uh, from forwards who you might consider uh, might consider for that final forward spot if you know with Landis Cog out uh, and with Curtis McDermott not getting any preseason ice time at forward, it makes you wonder if they're really just considering him a defenseman for the time being or even really like what his role is at yeah. the moment because. He's played a couple of preseason games. He's played on defense in each of them. Are they just assuming, hey, you're comfortable enough at forward? You don't need the – we're not going to bother giving you time there. We're going to give it to other guys because I like that approach. But um, I do think that this was a good game for separation for those those battles, those roster spots, those – you know, some of these guys you can we can go ahead and just be like – we didn't really think they were part of it to begin with, but after tonight, uh, I do think that there are a couple of guys we yeah. could probably chop off the list. The cuts got a little bit easier, for sure. Uh, do want to get into the forwards. Do want to start with the defense, I think, because it will be very quick. Um, four of the six defenders on the lineup are were never in the conversation for an NHL roster spot anyway. So, Cool. You already mentioned the McDermott conversation there. And then Sam Gerrard, his first game back since his injury, looked fine. Uh, neat. <laughs> neat. He came out alive. That's all I, I care yeah. about at this point. Right. He took a hit or two, popped right back up. So seems like he's totally fine. Okay. So that was that. And then the other defenseman worth actually talking about is Brad Hunt. Um, had very good shot metrics. If you're into that type of thing, had a couple of shifts where he's flying around the offensive zone. Anything particularly noticeable to you guys? He had I very don't... good shot metrics because he shot it like a million times, and none of them hit the net. <laughs> this is my. This is going to be what I have to say about Brad Hunt is that I don't think they're going to love that he's just like, oh, I have the puck, I'm shooting it. You know, uh, I think. 
It's the other extreme from the guy that refuses to shoot, where you're just like, please, dude, you're by yourself. <laughs> just shoot the damn thing. Uh, but with Hunt, like, he would just get the puck, and he's just throwing it into traffic over and over. And you're like, dude, you can wait a beat and, like, try to make a play. And he just wasn't doing that. And I think that given how important um, the defensemen are in, in generating with offense for Colorado, that, yeah. yeah. That that willingness is fine, but he just needs to tone it down just a touch. Um, let's maybe like let's just calm it down like just a touch. But uh, overall, like I, Brad Hunt is you know I'm pretty familiar with the player. He he looks like Brad Hunt. Like this is this is kind of just who he is. Sure. So not a not a ton of conversation there. Um, no, I. Is, do you guys want to talk about the other D? Uh, you know, Zaravlyov did play in this game as, as far as someone who could be an interesting related to the app at some point. Uh, kind of a weird game for me. I think at times he looked very, very good. And then at other times, particularly when his first option wasn't a good one, I saw him start to feel the stress of the smaller NHL ice, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been okay. I've kind of liked what I've seen, but he's obviously pretty limited in what he can do with the puck. So that's going to kind of limit him moving forward. But to be honest, the Avs' defensive depth, you know, beyond the Hunts and the McDonald's is pretty not great. So, you know, he has stood out, I think, from some of those guys below that where, you know, the Avs used a lot of defensemen in the last couple of years. I could see him, you know, chipping in and playing a few games here and there. So, um, and he, he's like most Russian defensemen, he's more than comfortable on his offside, which, you know, a lot of other defensemen usually aren't. Yeah. I mean, if you have to pick between uh, Nate Clerman, Danilo Zhravalov, uh, Andreas Anglin, and Keaton Middleton getting into a game for the avalanche, I think Zhravalov has done a good job already just being like, I won't be a problem. You can trust me <laughs> with a puck. And those other guys, you just. No. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude here. Um, I really don't want to dunk or anything like that. Uh, but those guys have not been impressive. I, and well, I think I, I think Zhiravalov's all-around profile stands out more than those guys. But again, it would take you getting four or five guys, maybe four guys in to your depth to get to him. Well, and and you look at this game, right? Since we're saying, hey, look, these guys didn't play very well. And it was pretty clear that something was not implemented correctly as far as the way they wanted these defensemen to play because look at where Minnesota's goals came from. Four of the five are all literally point blank right on the, right on the doorstep where there's just not a defenseman covering the back door at all. And, you know... That that happens sometimes, but it was pretty clear there was a mix-up in coverage there pretty consistently tonight for the Avs. Um, so I, I don't even know if I would chalk up a ton of that to the players. It's just, yeah, training camp has started five days ago, and the systems aren't really there for some of these guys yet. I would say it's a little bit disappointing that Curtis McDermott was such a up close and personal spectator. Yeah. Um, in, in, uh, on a handful of those goals, because like Andreas England or Keaton Middleton, you know, guys like that. I know Middleton wasn't in this game, but like guys like that and like whatever, 
right? Like, you're not really expecting them to do anything, but this is a guy that played 50-some-odd games for you last year. Now, I know, again, lots of forward time there, but this is a guy, the guy that, this is a guy that has a regular spot on your roster, and for him to continue, he's played twice this preseason, both on defense, and both have been bad. Not like, oh, well, there's an upside here, there's an upside there. Like, he whiffed on killing a guy the other day that might have gotten him suspended. So, yeah. probably was a good thing. Um, honestly, like, I just... I'm a, I'm, a, I'm mildly disappointed, but, I mean, you know, we've had these talks about McDermott. He's much, much better suited to fourth-line forward, big, big, tough guy. You know, you're kind of modern-day John Scott sort of thing where yeah, he came up as a defenseman, so he's still back there. But really, seriously, he can't. He cannot play defense in the NHL. He cannot do it. He is bad. He should stop getting this look. Stop doing this to him. Yeah. It's not helping. It's not helping him. It's it's a tough look, not just for him, but for the other guys you mentioned too. England, even Amat, a bunch of bigger guys that are supposed to be hard to play against, and the other team's getting free goals in the front of your net. Yeah, the guy who took a penalty for taking a dude out in front of his net was Sam Gerrard. <laughs> Sam Gerrard. <laughs> I just really wanted to reemphasize that point. Yep, that Sam Gerrard bodied Sam Steele. In the Battle of Sam's, and he won. It, I guess it was like their like Highlander fight, and <laughs> Sam Steele got his head cut off and lost all his power. And Sam Gerard now owns him. Sam Gerard is always very, very willing to let it be known that if there's another small man on the ice, he is the sm- he is the stronger small man. He wants <laughs> he a wants piece you of the to other know. small guys. He wants everyone to know that he is the strongest small man there is. <laughs> there will be no discussion. <laughs> Yeah, there can only be one He's Sam. Yes, asserting his crazy. dominance. World's smallest strong man. Got it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's... with McDermott, it's like, well, this is what you get when you don't have Makar, Taves, Byram, all those guys to just completely I mean, shelter you for six minutes a night. One defenseman in Colorado's top six played tonight. Yeah, yeah, one, and it looked like it, like. If, if you would have told me after watching that game, if I didn't know anything about it, you're like, one of those guys is in their top six. And the one that played was the guy coming off major injury in the postseason. And has, this is his first game action since. I'd have been like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Everything here adds up. So, you know, just wanted to get the defensive talk out of the way there. Uh, since there's not a whole lot to talk about there. The other conversation when goaltender Pavel Francouz getting his first start of the preseason uh, had bad rebound control, but I feel like he's always had bad rebound yeah, control. We so knew I don't that. Know why so, people are, yeah. So you mean Pavel Francouz played tonight? Right. Like, I like didn't... he had bad right rebound control. He always has bad rebound control. You have to help him out. He's a guy that needs a little bit of help from the defense. This is not the defense to do that. This group of defenders is not the not the group that's going to really give him the help he needs to to smother those second opportunities. It's yeah. just not. And I thought I thought he played like shit. I don't care. Yeah. It, <laughs> same thing with every guy in this lineup that already like there is no question mark about what spot they're playing on the team this year. 
it's like, yeah, they, they looked great. Cool. If they look terrible, whatever, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Genuinely don't even think about it. Yep. Yeah. I thought, again, I thought Frankie was bad tonight and he didn't get a whole lot of help. I, I thought he was bad. He, I mean, he, there were plays there. He's scrambling around. He's got the puck in his feet and he looks like he has no idea what's going on around him. Don't care. He'll be fine. <laughs> Should make a quote graphic for AJ. <laughs> Thought he played like shit. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Like for for a guy like Frankie, you know that come season he's going to give you more good performances than bad. But when he has a bad performance, this is exactly what it looks like. It's a bad night for rebounds where he's scrambling and the puck tracking isn't very good, and you're kind of just like looking around like doesn't really matter what the team did because it, at even strength, Rudo, you mentioned it, at even strength. The Avs were pretty much just fine. Outside of a couple minutes stretch in the second period, the Avs were the better team at five on five by quite a bit. Um, but it was it was losing guys in front of the net, losing guys on the back door, and it's rebounds. It wasn't yep. it wasn't like Pavel Francouz getting beat clean over and over and over. He was, it was the rebounds that were going in. He'll stop the first one, but it's the other one. It's not very good. So, it, but again, it's fine. This is what a bad Frankie game looks like. It's yep. just not that big of a deal. Tonight really much. reiterated just how much I really just don't care about preseason anymore. To the point where I'm like, honestly, like 90% of these Avs players, like the guys that are on the team, if they didn't play them in the preseason, I really would not care. These guys were just playing high-level hockey three months ago. Like, they'll be fine. Yep. Go full NFL with it. Yeah. <laughs> don't play anybody. Um, I mean, I'm all for I'm all for like one game. At the end, get them into one game. Let them do. Let them. Let them take it however seriously they want to take it, but give them the opportunity, and then let's move on. Fair enough. We are brought to you by Game Time. You can go right into the description of this video. Click on the link down there to get the Game Time app today. Uh, when you do that, you know maybe a little help from us too. You know it is a it is a sponsorship thing. So if you want to support DNBR, that's a great way to do it. And you can get tickets for up to sixty percent off their price. It absolutely Game. helps us. But also, <laughs> you could have gone to the Avs' wonderful, thrilling game tonight for three dollars <laughs> via Game Time. Yeah, three bucks. Which even even for this game for three bucks like three bucks come on where else are you gonna where else are you gonna get that that kind of bang for the buck in terms of entertainment three bucks that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying so go better over to better game value than today. than Steam sales even so yep jump on it's, that and you know Avs tickets are gonna be hard to come by for that type of price this year. Uh, yep. So jump on that. They got Broncos tickets too. Of course, they'll have Nuggets tickets and all sorts of other stuff for your Colorado sports. Even if you're not local, they have it across all of the major sports across the country. So again, use that link in the description. Check out game time today. Uh, we are also brought to you by the beautiful people at Avaca TV. If you can't go to the game with game time, Avaca can let you watch it from home. If you're in the Colorado area, you can get TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month after that. Go to avaca.tv slash Colorado 10 to get 10 bucks off for the first three months. That's evoca.tv slash Colorado 10. They have Altitude. They have AT&T Sportsnet. They have the national channels. They have NFL Red Zone. They've got movie channels. They've got TV channels. They've got everything you need as far as live television is concerned. Um, and it really helps out, you know. There uh, there were conversations today leading up to this game of like, 
not sure how we're going to be able to watch this one. Avaca TV has that answer for you. Makes it real easy. Uh, the big concerns it. in life. <laughs> Check out Avaca today and get yourself some real affordable television. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting in to the forwards then. I mean, should we just start at the top? Alex Newhook looks ready. I was going to start at the bottom. Okay, we can start <laughs> at the bottom then. Uh, it was Callahan Burke and not Andre Bujalski. <laughs> yeah, poor Andre Bujalski is the guy I feel the worst for tonight. Uh, because he is not in that game. And at the bottom of shop metrics and getting put on stat graphics and stuff, he did not play in that game. Okay? He is a sophomore at Vermont who does not have a contract. Is not allowed to play in preseason games. <laughs> that, is, that is Callahan Burke out there wearing 68 getting rocked. <laughs> so that was the thing. Just saying. The lineup makers are in preseason mode too. Okay? It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> season stat sheets are always hilarious. It's because it's like seventy people long. And you're like, where are they? <laughs> Which guy? <laughs> um. Anyway, so getting that out of the way, you wanted to start at the bottom, AJ. Who's at the bottom for you? So, couple of guys that we've talked about. Oh, could they make the roster? Could they not make the roster? Where do they kind of fit into this? As as the veterans, uh, with with NHL experience, that were like, hey, you, you know. We fully expect that the team is taking this seriously. But Sedlak and Bleed didn't do a damn thing positive tonight to separate themselves. Bleed especially, I thought, was not not was, good enough. He was the passenger of passengers on his line, man. Well, and, and part of the PK that got ripped up. Yep. And you're like, look, if that's a job that he needs to be able to prove he can handle in order to get onto the NHL roster. He didn't do it tonight. Yep. So, uh, Sedlak, I can, Sedlak continues to be for me, not bad, but not good. And just sort of drifting out there. He just sort of exists. It, I, I don't hate the drifting. Like it's not good, but it's not enough for me to go like, Oh, he was terrible. My problem tonight was that on the few opportunities he did have with the puck, he did not make good decisions with it. And... Does not look skilled. Um, yeah. Kind of kind of running back the Nico Sturm thing from last year. We were like, this is just yep. not, this is not a guy blessed with very much just raw puck skill. Because uh, when he gets it, he just sort of, it's like, okay, nothing happens with it. It doesn't, it doesn't end up in like this universe bending turnover that creates a two on one the other way where you're like, what the hell was that, man? <laughs> but nothing good comes of it. It just ends. The possession just ends. And then everybody just kind of moves on. Yeah, at least, I mean, said like at least he can skate. So I can see why they kind of like him from that perspective. And obviously, Bedner's coached him before. But Bleed is just a wholly, like, unimpressive player at the NHL level to where I, I, I don't see it. And yeah, I, he doesn't move very well. He's a big guy. I guess that's maybe why they like him. He's kind of thick on the ice there, but he's not 
a very good mover. He can't. It, he has no real offensive skill, from what I've seen. I don't even think his. No. I looked it up when he signed him. His AHL numbers are not even that impressive. So I just don't ultimately know. You know, I I could see I see him getting NHL games just because he's a guy who has NHL experience, and they always send a default to those guys. But I, I don't see it. it, it getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but based on the very small universe of two preseason games, <laughs> Martin Cout has completely crushed that guy as far as that sort of role is concerned. Yeah. But uh, good. We'll get to count in a minute. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. Uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. The the other guy that I think that we were kind of looking for something from was Mikhail Maltsev. Yeah. And, the one big thing that I saw from him was a brutally bad turnover that turned into a two-on-one the other way. Mm-hmm. That got erased by Shane Bowers busting ass down the ice to stop it from being a clean two-on-one. Nothing ended up coming of it, but Bowers getting all the way back, Maltsev with another bad turnover, and that's exactly the kind of thing that got him benched last year and sent down was a big-time, uh, just a big-time brain fart where... Mental lapse, he makes a he makes a big mistake. It's not like a little thing here and there, like, oh, I you know, messed this one little thing up and wow, they're being really unreasonable and holding this holding this against me or whatever. No, it's a big mistake that turns into one of those kinds of things that can, can that can change a game negatively for you. And that that again showed up again tonight for Maltsev. And there was no big positive. Uh, to to work as a counterweight for that, he just, I I just wasn't. Yeah. Uh, from again, didn't for really me, have anything I, that popped off the page tonight. Yeah. When I when I say that this was a game where I think some guys separated themselves, Maltsev did so in a negative way. Maltsev said lack and bleed would all would you have three preseason games left? You might play you might play some of those guys tomorrow, and then that's it. Because so few of Colorado's big stars have played at all yet that the last two preseason games should be for those cats to really get tuned up. So for Maltsev, uh, you know, Maltsev, I just didn't think had it. And you've got to think that uh, another another missed opportunity for him to, to either keep up with the pack that started to separate in a good way or drop back to the pack that separated in a bad way. And unfortunately, I think that's, that's where he ended up tonight. Yeah. yeah. The turnover that you were talking about, it's not just the turnovers that he got knocked over by a much smaller player. And that's kind of yeah. the thing is that should be one of his advantages that he's what he's six, three, at least six, four. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe he's six, three getting knocked off the puck that easily. That's not something the coach is going to like to see beyond the, beyond just the well, turnover. It's being soft on the puck. Well, he's he's handling the puck in a dangerous situation, makes a poor play with it, and gets knocked over so he can't get back and defend the play after the fact. It's yeah. it's like the worst case scenario possible. Yeah. It was it was all bad things happening at the same time. So mm-hmm. uh and then Shane Bowers coming back and now Shane Bowers next next guy for me on this list. Uh not a ton of good, but I didn't see any bad. I had there was no bad for me on this one. Uh, I liked the effort. Uh, I, you know, it didn't see, there wasn't a ton there, 
But with Bowers, I'm not looking for a ton. I'm looking for more or less what we what we saw tonight. Yep. You know, he's he's fine. Like he's yeah. he's got good speed. He's got good size. He's a smart player, and he works hard. Yeah, he was just okay, and that was unfortunately a lot better than some other guys fighting for a job. Yeah. And he had a nice breakup on one penalty kill, and he had a few chances in front of the net. But beyond that, he just didn't he didn't hurt the team or look terrible like some of these other guys. No. All right. Two other names worth talking about here in Olausen and Ranta. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with Ranta because I hardly noticed him at all tonight. Uh, kind of faded into the background entirely for me. So got to be doing more than that. If you want to, if you want to earn a job in his case, Olausen probably realistically was never going to earn a job with the abs anyway, but if there was hope for that tonight, probably buried it for me. So with him, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but there's, there's kind of two sides here that I feel with him. And yeah, one of them, I love the pace that he's playing at when he's in Colorado for the priest. Cause we saw it last preseason. We saw it this and we've seen it this preseason. I love the pace that he's playing at. Because he doesn't play with the same kind of pace when he was in the OHL last year. I've never seen him really pay, play with that kind of pace when he's in when uh, he's been in Sweden. You know, whether for his draft year in Sweden or for the Swedish team at WJCs, he doesn't play that fast. And then he gets here, and they're like, "Okay, you can skate. Go skate." And I love that part of his game. It it consistently. I like that, but then it's all the other stuff, I think, is still so much of a work in progress that it just doesn't matter. And then his work on the power play tonight. Like, this is an area where he should be set and forget very good on a consistent basis. Don't even worry about it. And he was not. He was not good tonight at all. I thought I thought he was the bad decisions with the puck, way too predictable, way too easy to defend. Uh, just, but, just not any good. I didn't I like anything about it. I don't know why he's setting up that way, and and this could be the coaches telling him to do stuff. But it seems like the easiest thing in the world to set that dude up the same way they've been setting up Alex Bocage, and just let that dude unleash pucks. But he's not yeah. doing that. Well, and and I do I do imagine that it is the coaching staff saying, "Hey, we want to see, we want to put him in a little bit more of an uncomfortable situation." and see what he does outside of that comfort zone of just standing there and being a turret. And for me, I, it's just not good enough. And like, you're talking about the guy playing on at, at five on four. This is not like I'm worried about his 5v5 play and his board work and his decision-making and at even strength. I'm talking about, I haven't, I, I don't, I don't like how he's playing the game on a man advantage. It's... <laughs> I will say, I think it's a bit awkward with the unit they were using because sure. it was Brad Hunt at the top, like we talked about. Dude is going to shoot the puck at will. Yeah. And then it was Jean-Luc Definitely. Foody on the other side, a dude who's absolutely looking to pass first. Yeah, and running through some of the – as high as they were running through Foody when you know he's not going to shoot, it was very much like, yeah. why is he here? Why are you spending as much time kind of going through him? But even then, uh, you've got to find a way to be effective. You have a man advantage. Like, you've got to 
yeah, you gotta, you gotta put some work in, and I just didn't. And again, for a guy who's six two, six three, fairly large, at least once you'd have loved to just see him put his head down and see what happens. Yeah, but he never tried really to did. make a play of some kind. Yeah. Um, was really deferential and not effectively. Yep. That whole that whole line was disappointing in general. Um, with with him, it's just like I think he was a guy that. I'll, some Avs fans maybe have too high of expectations for this year. Way too high. Yeah. I definitely think public perception is <laughs> skewed on him. People see, like, you know, the Avs have first-round picks all over their roster. But, you know, he's he's very much, like AJ said, a work in progress. And I've seen people talk about, oh, he's 19. He's going to have the same year Ranton and had in the AHL when he was 19. It's like, just relax. Like, let the guy <laughs> develop at his own pace. Don't compare him to a top 15 NHL player. Like they have somewhat similar skill sets, but they're not, not at all the way that they've developed where he was playing last year compared to where Rantanen was his previous year. It's very very different. Just like he's a guy that, you know, you know, we always talk about, you know, give these prospects a chance. If the Avs let him simmer in the AHL all year, just that's completely cool with me. Unless he just completely blows up, which I right, like we've talked about, like if if a guy forces your hand, you feel good about that. You feel good about where that's gone. But until that happens, uh, there's still so much work to do with that kid. That yep, yeah, not too uh, not too pressed about it. Agreed. Uh, okay, Sid, why are you in the penalty box? <laughs> yeah, whatever did he do? So he says he's been locked in here since McKinnon's cup parade, and he doesn't know how to get out. Wow. The guy next to him doesn't have any answers? No, nah, he's he's just been staring at him the whole time. He actually is wearing that headset for <laughs> yeah. the show. Yeah, the yeah. headset connected to nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cold. We, we are brought to you by FOCO. That's F-O-C-O dot com. You can go get all of your sports apparel and merchandise from them. Uh, they're officially licensed, obviously, for abs, nuggets, Broncos, all that. Or if you want a Sid bobblehead, they got those also. So you can go over to Foco.com today. Go check them out. They got all sorts of stuff. Like I said, bobbleheads, Crocs, hats, underwear, you name it. They got you covered for all of your merch. <laughs> what? That's Nothing? That's Nothing that's to say, be- huh? I just thought it would be odd to go and get some Sidney Crosby underwear. I don't know. I don't, I doubt Crocs. they have Crosby specific underwear. I think it's just like penguins underwear. But, you, guys have, you, know. you guys got Cross Crocs? <laughs> <laughs> I I want a pair of Crocs with Crosby's face on it now. I'm not gonna lie to you. Those would be horrifying. <laughs> you know who way, would wear the shit out of those? Who? Jesse. Oh yeah, he definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, go over to foco.com today. Use the DNVR code to get 15% off your order. Uh, we're also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They're having the Hoot Nanny celebrating their 32nd birthday on October 8th and 9th down at the farmhouse in Littleton. If you haven't checked out that place, it's a great place to get a beer. It's got a beautiful field where they'll have the event in with bands playing like the Spin Doctors and a bunch of local other bands too. Super cool event they're doing. And it, it times out nicely as a cool way to lead into the start of the proper NHL season. So should be a blast. Go check out breckbrew.com today to get tickets and find out more info for the Hootenanny. 
third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, all right, let's get into the guys where things start to actually matter, perhaps. I know that's a harsh way to put it, but realistically, everyone we've talked about now, up till now, was either not making the team or had already made the team, and it was very obvious. Uh, where would you rather start on these guys? Do you want to start with Myers, or do you want to start with Cout? I want to start with Myers. Okay. Uh, Just because I think, you know, we had had said coming into the preseason, you know, we don't have very high expectations. Like, we're not looking for him to dominate or anything. But if we were not sitting here as confident as we have been that he was going to make the team straight out of camp and be part of the roster math immediately, would we be talking about him on the outside looking in? Yep. I, given, I think especially his play to diet today was pretty meh at best and at times was actively bad. One of the goals Minnesota scored, Myers just kind of floated away from the the net area and the rebound came right out to the guy that was supposed to be his. And this comes on the heels of him losing his guy in overtime in Minnesota the other day. Yep. Um don't have no idea how he played in that game beyond that one goal, but absolutely just lost his man defensively. And now you're seeing, okay, well, you've got two pretty blatant defensive zone miscues here. And defensively is an area where we saw a training camp where there were some issues that some, cropped some up holes, as well. Yeah. So this is a this is a guy that is figuring it very much figuring it out on that side of the ice. And uh, when the season opens and Cogliano, Helm, and O'Connor are actually Colorado's third line, <laughs> the, the struggle of the struggles of Ben Myers defensively, I think, will be one of the reasons why he ends up short on ice time yeah. to start the year because we're seeing it crop up. And Myers just has not – he just has not had a great – you know, rookie tournament, preseason, training camp, now preseason games, all this and that. Like, it just it, it just has not been very good. Um, not going to not going to bury him, obviously not yeah. still still not worrying about him not making the team or anything. But I did send out a tweet tonight that if if I said, you know, where I said that, look, if if I was just facing this this roster competition, purely off of how guys have played in the preseason so far, Martin Cout will have would have surpassed Ben Myers on my on my depth chart. Even with three penalties in, in two games for Cout. Two of them are nonsense, but Yep. Agreed. But reality is there are, he's got six penalty minutes in two games. Yeah. Uh and you know, I, I just think that that's Uh, a disappointment, I guess. You were it's, hoping for more. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to call it a concern because I'm not worried about it, but it's just not. I'm uh, I'm just not overly uh, impressed with his with his body of work to this point. I think we all are. I think we all sent out like a similar tweet around the same time, but it's he is someone I did have expectations for because like you guys talked about, we kind of have him locked in 
on the roster when they signed him last year was kind of a future facing move where, you know, this is a cheap guy we're going to have next year. And tonight, the only times I really noticed him was like, I think twice in the second period. And that's when he actually started to skate. Um, yeah. When he used his speed, cause he's a good skater. You, you um, saw him jet through the neutral zone on that one play. And it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he caused some chaos on the four check in the second period with just cause he can skate. Um, yeah. So obviously there's something there. Um, there's an adjustment there just overall with the NHL stuff. Uh, the one thing I thought it was interesting, the usage of him where they had all these guys on the power play. He was not one of the guys they had on the power play considering the lineup they had. I thought that's somewhere they would want to put him to maybe see what he can do. Um, but also they could just be looking at it and just say, Hey, you know, you need to work on your defense. We know what you can do offensively <laughs> and defensively because he was used on the PK at least. So yeah. it could just be that. So I just thought that was interesting. I do also think it is fair to note that of the guys we're having, we're in this conversation, he's the, he has by far the least amount of pro experience. You know, this is yep. not a guy that's been toiling and toiling away in the AHL for a few. He has five NHL games played. End of list. He has no other pro experience. So there is still a big adjustment period for him. Speed of the game and, you know, just the general rookie growing pains. So I do... I don't. I don't want to feel like I'm. Uh, uh, I'm kind of coming down on him a little bit here, saying he's a dis- He's been a disappointment so far, but proper context is important here. He is. He is still a guy that is making up that adjustment, and we saw a year ago, you know, when when Newhook was making it um, after his end of season stint, uh, he struggled with it in his preseason last season too. Yeah, and. It, I do think, given the Av situation at the start of the season here, where Landy definitely won't be ready, uh, Darren Helm, it's looking like who knows when exactly he'll be ready yeah. to fully go again. Uh, it, it would be pretty hard, given the way the Avs have, have acted and treated things so far, to see Myers getting pulled out of the lineup, especially yeah. given you know they probably have promised him some things to get him to sign given who he was last off season. But I, I do think it's an interesting conversation. And and this is where you get into, as you mentioned, Martin Kaut and Charles Udon as two guys that are trying to take some of those jobs, maybe from Myers, but also from guys like Sedlak and bleed. Yeah. Is Myers, so, can he go through, he's not waiver. He doesn't have to worry about that. Does you he? don't have to worry about waivers. No. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned new hook, I could very much see a situation where if he's toiling at the start of the year, they ha- they sit down with him and say, hey, we're going to send you down there, but with the expectations that this is like a two-week thing. Get your feet, come back confident. Yeah. Get some confidence, and then you'll be back. Because yeah. that worked for Newhook last year. And, you know, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility because I think Newhook was – I would imagine he was kind of the same situation we're expecting to be in the NHL. A fair point. Um, getting into, I guess we'll start with Hudon because he had the weaker day. You, you could too. You could really build it around the global series as well. If if you get sure. about, because you're about 10 games into your season about that point. And if you send him down before you go to Finland, uh, 
it gives him basically three weeks of AHL play uh, before the Avs' normal schedule really kind of resumes. So, like, if you were in that situation, the schedule does present kind of a soft spot for them. The Avs do have those extra eight days off or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, because they've got the two days, you know, the, the two games in Finland, but they've got so many days off. Yep. Both before that, because uh, before they only play three games the week before they go to Finland. Yeah. So it's not it, it is it is not a heavy schedule here. Um, and then after they get back, they have four days off before they play Nashville at home. So I'm saying they've got like a that's like if you're in that position, if you're and obviously this is comically premature based on a preseason game, but. If you are in that position, the schedule does give them an, an easy kind of out where they're like, hey, head on down, uh, he- head on down to the AHL for a couple of weeks while we have this kind of soft portion of the schedule. Play a bunch for the Eagles and then come back up when we're back from well, that trip. And it, it does give them the potential like I, you could expand this beyond Myers, right? Like doing that with one of their prospects does potentially give them the chance to get five, six, seven games of bleed, get five, six, seven games of setback. And, you know, if those guys can't hack it, then you, you can swap it out. Well, and where you've got the, where, where this conversation is ultimately building as he's the last guy for us to talk about, but Martin Kaut threw a couple of games here. It's been really effective in the preseason. The penalties aside, which I think two of the three, you could definitely have a conversation about being not penalties at mm-hmm. all. Um, you're you're liking his game. I, I thought he was engaged from the jump. Um, obviously, Newhook scores that the opening goal, but um, he got himself know, it's, open into that position. Yeah, man. and when well, he makes the move, and that's it's a nice save, whatever, but. Uh, and Newark does a good job following, but Count is an impact player most of the night here, uh, and uh, a two-point night, and not like a cheap two-point night, but well-earned. It's hard work. It's good hockey. Put him in position uh, for both the goal and the assist, and uh, a good the goal, a good job finishing. So, uh, you know, for Count, and, and it's not even just the points, really. The points, it's great when you get those. Uh, those those stand out, but it's everything that he did. He yeah. was good on the forecheck. He he played with the kind of pace that I really don't see him play with very often, which has kind of always been why I've said he might just be miscast in Colorado. But I thought he was getting up and down the ice well. He was moving well. He looked really comfortable. Um, I I just for me Martin Kaut, you know, we were we're not doing player grades for the preseason, but. I'd give him an A for tonight. I thought he, I thought he was consistently effective uh, and looked good in all the different facets. And even the penalty, you know, whether you think it was a penalty, I thought it was a pretty soft call. But Two. that's one I think the staff would be like, you know, we, we'll live with that because that's him trying to engage and be physical. It's yeah. not, a, it's yep. not a hooking penalty. It's him trying to, hit, you know, finish his check. Um, tonight was, I would say, the first time since that nine-game stint where he looked like Martin Kaut from that nine game stint where he was playing with pace and he was making really quick decisions with the puck. Yeah. The puck would come yeah. to him and yeah. he would catch a guy with speed and he'd hit him with the pass. And it was like, 
you know, where has this count been the last, what, it's been three years now. It, but it, it really was the first time that he looked like the guy we saw a few years ago. I, I agree. You really yeah. saw the intelligence start to stand out tonight. He made a really nice play at the blue line to stutter step, wait for his guy to get back on, gain the zone, and then rip the pass across. It, it, there was a lot of not just the, hey, we want you to hustle and, and play like a hair on fire guy, but there was the things that make Cout Cout happening in this game too. I would say one of the things that I liked the most about him also came in the defensive zone after Newhook had botched a zone exit. Cout was the one who eventually got control of the puck and flipped it up and over and at an angle, his line needed to change badly. Yeah. And he avoided the icing, put it into the soft part of the of the uh, the other zone where Minnesota had to go and chase it, but not such that it was an icing and it defeated the whole purpose. And they got a clean change out of it. That is the stuff that builds trust with the staff. Good, smart defensive play that allows them to get a safe change, get fresh bodies on the ice, and defend as Minnesota starts building up steam through the neutral zone again. That's the kind of stuff that you really need to uh, to, to see more of. And we saw tonight. That's That's the stuff that earns jobs. Like, the points are great. Of course the points are great. But it's the little things that really win you over uh, and win over the trust of a coaching staff when you have, uh, right now, look, there's a 12th forward spot that's open. Uh, He's one of the guys that's in contention for it. Charles Houdon, I would say, should be in contention also. For me, Charles Houdon is fast and willing, willing to mix it up. There isn't really anything else there for me. But I like those two things are consistent, and it's fine. And that got Logan O'Connor a job and with the Avalanche. So with Udon, I, I think there's more limitations, but I think that you're probably, and he is probably, more comfortable in terms of consistency. It it screams quadruple-A player to me, right? He's the next Jason yes. Magna or whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. He for man. sure would, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um. With Cout, I think, Rudo, you said, why isn't he being used on the penalty kill? He did yeah. get out there yep. at the end of the game, and he had he a nice up in front of yep. the net to end, end a rush there for the Wild. But, yeah, it's just more of the little thing. And he was really good at digging pucks out, um, especially on the power play. He's just kind of supporting some guys because he doesn't have a big role in the power play. He's just kind of in the middle there. So, yeah, it's a step in the right direction, but, you know, he needs to be consistent with this. I'm sure he's... I think Ben Nurch said tonight cuts are starting tomorrow. So he will almost certainly based off tonight, get more games and he's got to do it again. Uh, talk about new hook in a second. Saw in chat, people asking about our predictions shows. Yeah, those are coming. We're recording next Monday. So you'll start seeing those next week uh, for the people that want the season previews and stuff. I put, hold on. I think, yeah, three, I think I've got three of the divisions. Oh, I actually did. I got all four divisions in there now. I, there you go. I can't have, I can't Buffalo myself again. I got to think this through. Dude, I don't, that, I have no idea what to make of the Metro this year, dude. I'm excited for those conversations next week. Because yeah, I, it's going to be fun. I went through every team tonight and was just like, bleh. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, those will come Monday. Alex Newhook. It's really hard for me not to roll out the red carpet for that guy to the 2C position the way his preseason has gone. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess we didn't see the other game, but tonight he sure looked like a guy determined, and he looked like a guy who's very comfortable playing center. And AJ talked to him, and that's what he wants to do. That's where he's most comfortable, and he looked like it. Yep. I mean, that's right right now. uh, Arturi Lekkanen, Alex Newhook, and Evan Rodriguez is your second line. Well, and you – maybe the most encouraging thing about it is tonight you put him on a line with Houdon and Cout and not to take away from the great night that Cout had, but you're asking Newhook to drive the bus on that line. And he drove the hell out of it. <laughs> I mean, he was pushing the play every single time he got the puck. You saw him be effective on entries on the power play as well. It was really, really good. <laughs> yeah, he was really good. He was dangerous. Um, they That line produced really like all of their real scoring chances. Yeah. Uh, and it was because they were just between Cout and Newhook, especially those two, I thought were really, I thought those two guys were primarily responsible for a lot of the scoring chances that they had. And I, I didn't pay attention to faceoffs at all, but altitude was bragging about his, he was like eight and one in faceoffs after the first period, which is just, a small thing that obviously a center they're going to want him to be decent at. Certainly in the sense of replacing what Kadri bought. I know he actually didn't do that great in the faceoff circle last year and not like as usual, but still, if you're marking a checkbox and replacing that position, faceoffs, something in Newhook's corner, if he can keep that up. Yeah, he won 12 of 17 tonight. Against. Who knows the quality of face-off guys on Minnesota's side tonight. Sam Steele. Yeah. So. Yeah, Sam Steele Sam Steel went 6 of 16. Got straight bodied. Uh, Nick Patan went 4 of 10. Stephen Fogarty went 5 of 10. And Samuel Walker went 2 of 7. And then they had some guys who took like a couple. So, so Minnesota's AHL team not good at face-offs. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I, the new hook performance has been good enough that it's hard to see much doubt in where that's heading at this if, moment. If new hook isn't the two C on opening night, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna be looking at the roster the way that Sid is looking. At, <laughs> I I assume the referee in that picture. <laughs> looking at Rudo right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Why are you in here with me? <laughs> okay. Uh, so any final thoughts on, on this game on preseason so far from either of you? I'm ready for it to be over. I can't <laughs> three more games. Yeah. I mean, luckily one of them is tomorrow. So we're just rolling right along. Yeah. Man, like just knocking them down. Getting through it quick. But I yeah. came back from the first commercial break in the third period of this game. And I was like, sweet God, there's 14 <laughs> minutes left in this yeah. period. <laughs> well, my my sweet release of death moment was about 9.50 left to play, where I was like, you're kidding me. Nine more minutes of this? And then they called three more penalties in that time. Couldn't even let it go. A penalty with five seconds left in the game. Yeah. Um, how many cuts are made tomorrow? One of them has to be Lucas Sedlak because he broke the rule. <laughs> he took a beat. Penalty in the last seven minutes of a five-two preseason game. Those are the rules. You gotta go. You gotta <laughs> it's that time, baby. 
No, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I, I. I'm not expecting meaningful cuts after tomorrow's game. Yeah. And really, I'm not. I'm truly not expecting real cuts until Saturday. Yeah, I could see a lot of the forwards that play tonight actually playing again tomorrow because that's really might be their last shot because last two games might be the NHL guys going with it. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of the like. Andreas Anglins and stuff like that. I would imagine that are probably not going to be around here. Beyond yeah, because Bednar has said that he wants to get most of the guys into two preseason games after tomorrow. Yeah. They've only got two left. So we're expecting the majority of the NHL lineup to be ready to rock. Um, I will say Martin Kaut is doing enough to put real pressure on Alex Galchenyuk to actually step up and have a preseason. Like a real meaningful sure. preseason. To earn a job not, a little bit, yeah not just get that job because he has 600 games played in the NHL. Yep. Like making him earn it a little bit. Count. I think count has put enough pressure on Galchenyuk then. Sounds good to me. Uh, we'll see what happens through the rest of preseason. We will be back tomorrow. If the game is watchable, we will do a post game. Yeah. If the uh, game is not watchable, we'll do a fake post game. Yeah. So tomorrow evening, we will be live again. Uh, you can catch us there. And then stay tuned for Thursday's show. We've got a, got a pretty cool one coming for Thursday. You're going to want to check that one out. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a – we're going we're gonna to be at the uh, – we're going to be at the practice facility. Uh, and we're going to be accompanied by a player. There you go. So should be a fun one. We're allowed uh, to talk about it now, so. Yeah, I know. But we also – the player we get might end up changing. So we'll see. <laughs> Which is why it's a player and yeah. not this is who we're hanging player. out with. Player to be named later. <laughs> yes. It literally is a player to be named later. The most famous player of all time. Uh, anyway, we're going to get out of here for tonight. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us for a, uh, for a preseason game. Check out the NBR. Megan working on uh, some post game stuff. I'm sure. So get that. We'll get out of here and we will talk to you. Oh, the next one.